Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Third down and six for the Chiefs at their own 46. 14 to 7, Kansas City. Four minutes deep into the third quarter. Wide blitz coming, and a pass is going to be intercepted off a deflection off Tony. Coming back to the near side, this is going to be a pick six for the Detroit Lions. A pick six by rookie Brian Branch of Alabama off the arm of Kadarius Tony. And the Lions can tie the game with a defensive score. And for Andy Reid and the Chiefs, it will only be the second loss in the opening game of the season for Andy Reid as a Chiefs head coach. The other one was in 2014 in a loss to the Tennessee Titans. But the Lions, as expected, to be a team to be dealt with in the NFC, played to that reputation tonight. And the Chiefs, without Travis Kelsey... And a bevy of young wide receivers. And we saw, I think, the lack of experience tonight maybe come to fruition, Danan. A lot of drops, and they get a victory beating the Chiefs here at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. Detroit 21, Kansas City 20. Again, only the second loss in the opening week of the season for the Kansas City Chiefs in the Andy Reid era. And the Lions get the victory 21 to 20. <sighs> Welcome in, everybody. It is Sports Daily, the first Friday of the full football season. And we follow it with the opening of the NFL season. A Chiefs loss to the Lions. So much to get to in that game. Welcome in, everybody. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor here with you. On this Friday edition, Paul Savage will be in in hour number two as we'll make our first round of picks for the year. Uh, we'll preview the high school football night coming up with Matt Henderson of CatchKansas.com a little later. We'll take your calls, your reactions on that IHOP hotline, 869-1240. Of course, the IHOP hotline brought to you by IHOP where guests can enjoy four new sweet and savory biscuit options. We have giveaways to get to today. Uh, we'll give away... Uh, some movie tickets, some HTO, and some other things. So look for your chances to win there as we make our way into uh, the first reaction Friday, I guess it we could call it, Tommy, because there's a lot to react to with the Chiefs. No Travis Kelsey last night. It showed. Uh, no Chris Jones. It showed. And the Chiefs fall to the Lions. Credit to the Lions for going and getting the getting the win. I don't you know, I don't think it was a lucky win. I don't think it was anything like that. I think the Lions, you know, came into Arrowhead and proved that they belong. I mean, clearly a lot of issues that, you know, we're going to get to and and discuss throughout the course of this program today with Kansas City. I, I think that, you know, more than anything else, you you come away from that game feeling really let down with everything that has gone on throughout the offseason with the fact that it was the the banner raising ceremony to celebrate the Super Bowl champion team 
and all of that. And then you come out, you have a lead at halftime, you have a lead into the third quarter, and then all of a sudden things kind of fall apart for you. Uh, disappointed, let down, all of that. Uh, and I think that now, with one game under our belts, there are some significant questions that I've got, at least. I don't know about you, but some significant questions that I have regarding this team, specifically the offense, uh, and just kind of how I wonder, you know, how, how this team is going to move forward, because I do think that these are some issues that are not just uh, one off opening game night jitter type things. Like, I think that there are some legitimate issues that need to be addressed. I actually think that it might be some one-off things. I, I What I don't want to do today is overreact uh, to what we saw last night. And it was I, I did this in jest, and I, I think you were in jest back when you, you know, acted like I was serious. Maybe maybe you really thought. I, I joked last night after the game that my initial thought was that Jared Goff is pretty good. And, and he was. Credit to him. Like, he followed up last year with a really strong performance. But it's just because, like, I don't want to sit here. Like, I'm, I'm looking right now, and, and of course, I, and I know this is coming. Every headline, how concerned are you with the Chiefs? Should the Chiefs be worried? All these things. You don't want to lose home games, and in a tight AFC, you don't want to lose any games. Okay, so I don't want to, like, downplay the loss either. But they had to totally change everything late in the week with Travis Kelsey getting hurt. That was clearly a factor. Noah Gray looked fine, but Travis Kelsey is Travis Kelsey. Um, I, I think we knew that the young receiver room was young, and that proved itself out. But, you know, a big problem were drops, obviously. Kadarius Toney was awful. Um, he hasn't practiced all summer. You know, what? I, you know that, that factors in. He's, you know, uh, uh, you know, the emotions of the game are a part of what he does, and I think it got the best of him. Uh, Mahomes missed a couple of throws. Again, young receivers changing the game plan last minute. Other guys drop passes. We saw Jarek McKinnon drop a pass. Jarek McKinnon doesn't drop passes. So I don't want to overreact either to anything. I think we saw, and you know, we saw what the Chiefs are ultimately, you know, what they're going to do this year, and that's target about a thousand different receivers in every game. Like we expected that to happen. I thought it took a little too long to get Sky Moore involved, and then he had the big fourth down play where he probably could have caught that ball, and he didn't make a catch. So I, I think a lot of that stuff snowballed on them. I would suspect in game two we don't see that kind of stuff, but I will say uh, with a lot of these young receivers, remember how much that you know punt returns, for instance, got in Sky Moore's head early last year? So now we got to think about all these young receivers and like how long does this game stick in their heads, right? And do they get any of the yips yeah. because of this? That that would be my only concern. It's less of a concern because I assume Travis Kelsey's back next week. But, you know, as far as like what we saw in the game being like systematic concerns for this team, I don't think that was the case. I think that they dropped some passes. Mahomes missed a couple of throws. They made a few mistakes, and the Lions were there to capitalize because the Lions are a pretty good team. I mean, I'll take it a step further and say that where my concerns are moving forward is that, you know, I've been uh, fairly, I think, optimistic throughout the course of the offseason about the quote-unquote unproven wide receiver room. Like, that's the word that I've used multiple times, unproven. And that's really a nice way, I think, of saying that, we don't know anything about them. We have no idea if they're going to be any good or not. And they weren't last night. And, you know, th there was a pursuit 
during the offseason for DeAndre Hopkins that didn't end up happening for Kansas City. Uh, and I think, and I'm not saying that DeAndre Hopkins needs to be on that roster, but what I am saying is that what Patrick Mahomes really missed last night, and it, again, it's a lot because Travis Kelsey was not in the game, but having a reliable target to go after. And they're really outside of Travis Kelsey. I mean, you can talk about the talent level, the physical attributes, sure. the potential ceiling of guys like Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony, Rasheed Rice, you name it. I mean, anybody in that wide receiver room, you can talk about how great they could be, but none of them are reliable. And, and really, even if they had made all the catches last night, I think we would still say we don't know if they're reliable or not because there just isn't a proven wide receiver, maybe I guess outside of Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and he does a certain number of things, but he's not going to be a number one guy. He, he's there not really going to command six or seven targets again. Right. There, there really that's, isn't outside of Travis Kelsey, and that's where, you know, that's really where the issue lied last night, and I think that it's going to even with Travis Kelsey in the game, like assuming that he's going to be playing moving forward, that's going to help. I mean, he's going to be that safety valve for Patrick Mahomes. But I think that there are still real legitimate concerns about when you need a first down, when you need yardage, when you need a wide receiver to come through, who do you trust? So, well, so when we when we talk about guys who command the ball and demand targets and those kinds of things, that's like Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I'm glad he's on this team. Right, he he gives them a little bit of experience, and he does a cup like the things that he does. He does them well. He's fine. the The two guys that have to step up and be good are the two guys that the Chiefs have. Well, I guess there's three, but I'm not expecting it out of Rishi Rice yet. I mean, he had the nice you know drive there, but it's Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore. Those guys collectively, Tommy, one catch on eight targets. Okay, yep. so. That that is where the problem with the room lies because those are the two guys that need to be leading the way. I don't care what the depth charts look like early and all of these things. Those are their two guys this year. And depending on how quickly Rishi Rice can come along, which is almost never quickly in Andy Reid's system, like those are the two guys that have to be there. And Kadarius Tony absolutely, you know, let let the team down. Like he was not good at all, and he had some opportunities to make some big plays. They can't have that. Sky Moore, for whatever reason, they didn't start to target. I mean, I don't think he had a target until the third quarter. Maybe, Tom, it was – so. and I don't know. You know, everything was quick hitting, too. So, it's – I can't see – I haven't, like, watched the All-22. So, I don't know, you know, was he getting open quickly? Were the plays just not designed for him? Like, I don't know what happened. But they, they got rid of the ball pretty quick. There weren't a lot of, like, downfield developing plays in the game. So – I don't know what to make of that, but I do know that in some of the critical spots last night, Travis Kelsey obviously makes a difference, right? Like yeah. that, that, that his absence was immense as we knew it would be. And again, I think it's different if he gets hurt two days earlier in practice. It was the timing of everything. He got hurt three days before a game. Like you have yeah. to change everything last minute because you know, especially – in this spot where Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are so good because they script so much of what happens early, you had to throw all of that out the window with Travis Kelsey's injury. Yeah. That and, also and I do, isn't I, easy on right. young receivers. I do have a concern that, you know, that we really, I know we discussed it during the offseason. We discussed it when DeAndre Hopkins signed with the Titans and didn't go to Kansas City about how 
all right, is this wide receiver room that we think it's probably going to be like, you know, the players that are going to be in this room, do we feel confident in them? Do we feel comfortable in them? Or do we feel like the Chiefs are settling for the group of wide receivers that they have? And I, I don't know about you, and I don't want to speak for you. I talked myself into this idea of, all right, the, the talent level is there and the ceiling is really high and they're exciting and they're young and like, you know, they might surprise some folks or whatever. When really at the end of the day, and I know, again, the sample size is small. It's one game. I've got no confidence in anybody outside of Travis Kelsey catching yeah. the football in, 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 a, in, a, in a critical moment, like in a critical big stage moment when you've got to move the chains, when you've got to go on a game-winning drive, when it's late in the game, national TV, prime time, all of that stuff. Again, I, I, I asked the question, who do you go to? Because if you Travis Kelsey— the, You go to the two guys who made huge plays in the Super Bowl, right? Tony and Sky Moore yep. made big, big plays, critical plays, don't win the Super Bowl kind of plays on that stage. They're going to be okay. Like that's and that's what I mean. Like now their their roles are amplified. They probably felt a little I don't I don't want to say they felt more pressure than they did in the Super Bowl. That's a silly thing to say. But we've we've seen those two guys specifically, Tommy, help the Chiefs win a Super Bowl by making big plays. So I'm not worried about that. I, I you know, like I, I'm worried about their youth. That I am worried about because the youth yeah. I thought showed last night when at a moment's notice Hey guys, everything we've literally been working for all off season, we got to change it. Kelsey's out. We got to change what we're doing. Here's what's going to happen. And I thought, you know, that part of it is where we don't know things. Like the, the Chiefs have invested in wide receiver. They've taken receivers in the top two rounds the last two years and went and traded for Kadarius Tony, a former first rounder. Like they've invested in the position. Now it's just you have to play a lot with Mahomes. He has to trust you. You know, I, I would like to imagine the same fourth and 20 scenario, and we'll get into all of that stuff too as yep. we make our way through reaction to the Chiefs game, that that throw on that play in week eight, Sky Moore and Patrick Mahomes are just a tick more on the same page. He makes that catch, and the Chiefs pick up the first down. That's what the optimistic yeah, take is, the, right? That's like the optimistic take. With that time, right, with some time to work. Because the thing about Sky Moore last year was – he was never a big part of the offense, right? Until the until the playoffs, and he made his big play, you know, in the in the biggest moment. Like he was never really a part of the offense. So this is a new role for him too. And he's talked about that, and the Chiefs have talked about that all offseason. How much more comfortable he is in the offense. Well, there was that moment probably more than the others. Every other play for him, like the ball was batted away, whatever. Like that was the one where you're like, man, like that's where you need. Mahomes and that guy to be on the same page, right? And and it was just that much off. And he jumped right. a half second too late, and he wasn't quite ready for it. And that Kadarius Tony stuff was just the drops. Like he just made, he just had an awful game, probably the worst he's ever played in his life. I hope that doesn't continue. Uh, but I, you know, I guess I'm not totally counting on him anyway to just be on the field because he's always hurt. It, it's that little stuff. But again, to the confidence factor, Tommy. Like, these were Super Bowl-winning players. So it's there. It just wasn't there last night. Now the question for me is, like, are, are these guys wired in the way that they just shake this off no problem? I would bet the answer to that question is yes. Like, like literally bet it. Like, I would bet that they do that. Like, I think the offense will bounce back and be fine. 
but it's there now and it's in their heads. And that's the part we got to see. Like, does this linger more than one week or right. is that a one off? No big deal. The circumstances with Kelsey just really made that game a pain in the butt for the Chiefs. So you gave the optimistic take. Let me give the pessimistic take here for a second. If you look in a crystal ball and, and I've, I've been doing this for the last 12 hours or so, Travis Kelsey in less than a month is going to turn 34 years old. And, you know, he's going to be back from his injury, it sounds like, very shortly. But the Chiefs are not going to have him forever. And I had a crystal ball look at what this offense looks like long-term without Travis Kelsey on the field in last night's game. Like, I feel like that is a indicator of what that offense could potentially look like in a few years, however long he plans on playing, when he no longer plays football. And again... There's going to be changes. The roster will always turn over. There's always going to be different players, all of that. But there has been, I think, a mentality that when you've got a player the caliber of Patrick Mahomes, as long as there's a Travis Kelsey on the team, you can literally throw anybody else out there at wide receiver. And he's going to be okay because he's the greatest quarterback of all time. And he's got an insane weapon in Travis Kelsey, and he always has. Okay, well, someday Travis Kelsey isn't going to be there anymore. Who else are you going to, who else you trust? And so I know that we're a ways away from that. And maybe, you know, maybe I'm overreacting after one game, the opening game of the season to start thinking about what things are going to look like when Travis Kelsey finally hangs it up. But I think that there, there was this prevailing thought. And I don't know if this is coming from Brett Veach or, you know, Andy Reid or whatever this, whatever this is, where they thought, okay, look, we've got Travis Kelsey. And of course he was injured, but we've got Travis Kelsey we can we can go we can throw out really anybody else at wide receiver and it's going to be okay because we have Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey and I'm not so sure that that is that that's a a path to success long term for this organization so I, I'm okay, I'm okay with development I'm okay with you know building the trust in guys like Sky Moore and you know hopefully Kadarius Tony can bounce back I mean I I don't know I get that I understand all of that. But, man, like it sure would have been nice if there was at least one person last night in that wide receiver room that you could feel confident in. Well, it's, again, like when Jarek McKinnon is dropping passes, for me it's just like just get out of this game. Like this game has just – like it's snowballed on them. Number one, for Travis Kelsey, how many games has he missed in the last 10 years? Just one. I mean just right. last night. So I, I'm not going to start thinking about that yet because I don't think it's fair to what we've seen historically. I think he's fine. Like, he tweaked his knee at practice and couldn't get the swelling down. Not that big a deal to me there. I don't know how long he's going to play. I know that people are ready to close the book on Tony Gonzalez and Rob Gronkowski way too early, right? Like, he might play – and Jason Witten, for that matter. Like, he might play till he's 40. Who knows? He's He's a great athlete, and he's having fun with his buddies and his friends. So – like, that part of it doesn't worry me. And the other part about, like, big picture, this is the NFL. Like, just for the financial reasons, like, this won't be the same group of people it's going to be two or three years from now because that's just the way it's always going to be for the Chiefs. And we saw, you know, Tom Brady continue his legacy with about 8 billion different receivers, right? Different variations. So I don't worry about it big picture either. The only thing I worry about right now is that that game doesn't carry over to the next game for the young receivers. That's the only thing I'm worried about at this so, point. So, Kadarius Tony, I just saw this stat. I know that we can cross our fingers and hope that he bounces back. Since Kadarius Tony has been in the NFL, he's been targeted 83 times, 
He has nine drops on 83 targets. That's an 11% drop rate. That is tops in the NFL. That's there is thing. not another player in yep. the NFL that drops more passes than Kadarius Tony. So and we can cross our fingers and say, man, no, I hope he bounces back look, after week one. It's gonna I've be tough. never thought of Kadarius Tony as the target monster for this offense anyway. I've told you that all offseason. He's going to be there like not, not gadget guys, more than a gadget guy, but he's not their target monster. That has to be Sky Moore. Or maybe Rishi Rice. I don't know about Rice yet. I just, he's too young, typically, historically, for that to happen. But that's got to be Sky Moore. The target monster has to be Moore. And Kelsey, obviously. That's not Tony's game, very clearly. Like, Tony needs design plays and all of these things. And, you know, he's uh, he's an interesting guy. Let's come back. We'll, re- we'll hear the Chiefs' reaction to it. I think we have some Andy Reid sound. We have some Patrick Mahomes sound. I do want to, you know, tip the cap to the Lions a little bit. I think we, you know, we both were a little down on them. Do we still stay down on them? We'll, we'll talk about that part of it, too. Plenty to come here on this edition of Sports Daily. Uh, we've got games to pick. We've got high school football to preview. Giveaways on the way. All kinds of fun stuff on the program today. Let's do one of our giveaways now. Uh, because we're locked and loaded in the second hour. Let's do our HTO, Jad. We'll do uh, an iced coffee. Uh, sorry, a, a brew house drink from HTO. Most people get iced, but there are hot. Just any any coffee or a special drink and an iced tea, you can get some free coupons for that. Uh, HTO located in East Wichita, West Wichita, and coming next week in Derby, 869-1240. First caller, we'll come back. More reaction to Chiefs-Lions when Sports Daily returns. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster. Uh, we also, by the way, have Wyatt Thompson coming up here in a few minutes for our weekly visit on K-State. We'll look at the Troy game, get a scouting report, perhaps on the Trojans here for week two. So we'll have that coming up in the next few minutes here. Congratulations to Justin for winning some HDO coffee and tea. Good luck in the rest of our giveaways, which we'll do. Uh, Tommy, real quick, as Jad tracks down Wyatt Thompson here. We Actually, let's go to Wyatt now. Let's get to Wyatt Thompson here, voice of the Kansas State Wildcats. Your new radio home for K-State Athletics, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. It's that time, Sports Daily, getting all the inside information on Kansas State. Let's go now to the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. All right, we appreciate Wyatt Thompson joining us a couple of minutes later than scheduled because, Wyatt, we're all shook up and trying to react to what happened last night to open the NFL season with the Chiefs. How are you? Well, I'm good. Boy, you're not alone, right? I mean, there were a lot of things to probably (laughs) – I'm sure Chiefs fans would even admit themselves they're probably a little bit spoiled, but there were a lot of plays you're going to look back on from that game last night, that's for sure. Well, let's take a momentary pause from that because, you know, as as an, as frustrating a game as it was for the Chiefs in their opener, it was just about as good as you could have scripted out for K-State in its opener. I, I think, why, like, we saw everything we wanted to see, everything we've talked about the last couple of weeks. We got a sample size, and it looked pretty dang good in the opener. Uh, that's well said because if you look at it um, really closely – I mean, we saw a veteran quarterback and a leader in Will Howard. We saw the the up-and-comer in Avery Johnson. We saw a good run game with the two guys that we thought would probably be 
uh, the real deal this year, replacing Deuce Vaughn, although they're different and not Deuce Vaughn. They did a great job. Uh, without Keegan Johnson, I, I was really personally very proud of, of Jaden Jackson for stepping up, but even more so, R.J. Garcia. They need him to be a guy, So, and that happened. And then the versatility in the offensive line. I, by their own admission, they didn't play well in the first couple of series, but after that, I think they got it going you know, really pretty well. And then defensively, I, I think the kind of the same story. Your, your stars were shining a little bit. Uh, they did play uh, without Marquis Siegel, who will be back. Uh, they got a lot of pressure on the quarterback. They had a lot of tackles for loss and gave up six yards rushing. So <laughs> it's a pretty good first night. Let's say it that way. White, I want to dial in a little bit on Avery Johnson. And, of course, we know that Will Howard had uh, a really good night, uh, barring you know one interception that he had in that opening game. But Avery Johnson, uh, I, I had this thought as I was watching him uh, in, in the small sample size in the second half and getting into the end zone and all of that. And I, I just had this thought that there's going to come a time late in the season uh, in, in probably a Big 12 matchup in, I don't know, October, November, where the Wildcats are going to need the skill set that Avery Johnson possesses. And I just, it, it, I've known, obviously, we, we know here he's from Derby and all of that, or from Mays, we know that. But just watching him in that opening game, I thought, man, there's going to come a time where the Wildcats are going to need that talent. And so I know there have been questions about whether or not he was going to redshirt, what that was going to look like. What did you take away from just you know watching him and that, that overall talent on the field? There were a couple of things that I would probably point out. I've, this is my 22nd year at K-State. I have never seen a first-year player walk onto the field and get an ovation like that at this stadium ever. Uh, I, I was I was blown away by it, and I think everybody else was too. I think the anticipation for this kid is off the charts, is the point. And I guess above, up and above and beyond that, I've been saying this all week in a lot of different interviews, that he didn't look like a freshman really in any way, did he? I mean, he just didn't. Um, he looked comfortable. It, it, this wasn't a a guy where they just trotted him in there and he, they handed it off, you know, six or eight times and didn't ask him to do anything. Right. I mean, he, <laughs> he looked like he belonged. He acted like he belonged. You, you could see the skill set. And, and I agree with you there, there will probably come a time sooner rather than later that, you know, maybe you put him in there when you need something that he can bring to the table. I um, mean, he's got a big arm. He, he can really run. And um, all K-Staters are excited about him, and, and they should be. He, he's handled this also exceptionally well, I think. And don't you think, Wyatt, that he's got the guy ahead of him who knows this better than anybody? Like, he, Will Howard has been there before. Like, he, he's been yeah. in the exact same situation before to help him prepare for whatever it is that he ends up doing this year. That's got to be a pretty big advantage for, you know, the coaching staff to have Howard there with him, too. I think there are a lot of reasons why K-State is winning a lot of football games these days, and I think it starts with the top with, with uh, the head coach and the coaching staff, but also good leadership, and Will is a large part of that. I, I've said this, too. If you go back and listen to what Will Howard said in postgame, he was one of the happiest guys on the team for Avery. And Avery, when he talked to the media, talked about, you know, the just the, the work that he's put in, but also the help he's gotten. And one of the guys he mentioned was Will Howard. I just love that. I, you know what? This game is about competition, and that's that's all good. Coaches love it. They they pray for it. 
<laughs> and and uh, you know this 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 young man is uh, he's he, I just shake my head at, at how quick he's he's done this, and and he's he's still a freshman. He's going to make some mistakes, but he didn't make very many the other night. And uh, I, I think everybody sees that he belongs, and uh, he's he's a big part of this football team right now. Simply stated. Wyatt, you mentioned it uh, a couple minutes ago about uh, the... Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. The two-headed monster and DJ Giddens and Treshawn Ward. Uh, any big yeah. takeaways from kind of the way that they split the carries? We know that Ward got into the end zone. Giddens averaged over eight yards a carry. Um, so definitely both of them effective. You mentioned in different ways. So what are you what are you seeing from the wide receiver or from the running backs that is? Well, it's a good question because both guys did what they were supposed to do. We saw a little bit more of DJ, but I thought that that would be the case just because he's a little more used to to the K-State way and knows the offense a little bit better. But I think what what Colin Klein has said to me, I think what I would relay to you is, is even though they're different backs, you know, they do a lot of quality things. And it isn't like one's the big inside runner and one's the outside runner with the burner speed and all of that. There's a little of that there, but I think they're more similar than different, if that makes any sense. And and so I think you will see those guys continue to, to do what they were doing the other night. And, and I've said this all along since way back when, um, you know, the, the spring ball was here. They're going to use those guys together. Uh, from time to time. And I, I think that will be a good thing because of the other personnel on the field. That's just the way I see it. All right, Wyatt, let's look ahead. Uh, you know, we don't want to have one of those history repeat itself kind of moments, but <laughs> you know, this, this week feels a little like, and, and it's not going to sneak up on anybody because of Tulane last year. Does it kind of feel right. like Tulane last year? And we know Tulane ended up being really, really good. I don't, I don't know that Troy is that good, but there's certainly a capable, high pedigree, winning history, especially recently program that's coming in now as everybody's riding very high with K-State. How much more prepared do you think they are for this game last year as it has very obvious parallels to the Tulane situation uh, last year? Well, you- yeah, you said that right. I, I, I think it's hard not to think about that situation last year because you are correct that Tulane was, as it turned out, way better than we thought at the time. I think it's accurate to say that, that K-State has the utmost respect for Troy and what they have done and what they are doing. If you don't take this group seriously, one that's won 12 in a row and the only uh, – winning streak in the country that's longer than that is a team called Georgia. So are they, are they as good as Tulane was last year? Well, maybe not, but, but, you know, I, I said this through the years and I believe it to be so winning culture is a big deal. These guys are used to winning games, home road, whatever. I don't necessarily think they are going to be intimidated uh, coming in here. And yet this is a really hard place to play. I think they're, 
this is just my personal opinion, okay? I don't think at this particular moment they're as good as they were last year, but I think they're a dangerous team, and you better take them seriously. Yeah, you know, their their starting running back is, correct me if I'm wrong here, Wyatt, the number one rusher in the country, Kamani Vidal. Uh, and so, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's a guy that I, I've seen comparisons to Adrian Peterson out there and you know, kind of the way that he runs the football. So defensively for Kansas State, how do you prepare against a runner like that? Well, you have to keep him bracketed in and, and you better tackle. I think the tackling thing is probably the, the most important thing because, He's 5'8 and probably 215-ish, but he has really good balance and he runs exceptionally hard. He's very strong for a man his size. I, I've watched twice their their first game against Stephen F. Austin, and he had a 50-yard reception, a 50-plus-yard reception, and a 50-plus-yard run and had 248 rushing yards, a school record. He is somebody that you better take seriously. And they do just enough around him, you know, with the play action stuff. And they've got some big receivers. So so I think the question will be in this environment, can they handle that? And will their offensive line uh, hold up against K-State's pressure? K-State, though, has to get some pressure um, on the quarterback. Uh, and, and if they don't, uh, <laughs> it could be a, g- a game on, honestly. Uh, they're, again, you, you have to take them seriously because they're well-coached and they're used to winning games. All right, Wyatt. So, you know, we, we've scouted them. We've got it ready. It's an early kick time, I suppose. That doesn't, you know, do a lot. It's the first time you've done that with some new faces, but no concern there. You guys get the call going at 9 a.m., so certainly different than the prime time last week, maybe a little different routine this week. Yeah, absolutely. And I talked to Coach Kleiman about that on the radio show the other night, if uh, some of the folks listening heard that, because I don't think it affects the guys like, you know, DJ Giddens and Will Howard and Daniel Deuce Green and people like that. But it will be a little different animal for the very young guys who made their debut last week, because Coach even talked about this, you know, it would last Saturday got long. <laughs> because it wasn't uh, kicked off until a couple of minutes after 6 o'clock. This will be a whole different deal. Uh, I think they'll handle it okay uh, because the, the veteran guys on this team will fight through it, but they'll you better – that's the hard part about – I always have felt like, right, wrong, or indifferent, that the, the 11 a.m. games are better for the road team because they're on the road anyway, they're up and going. Home teams, it's more like everybody wants to tailgate and, and you know, all those kind of things. Uh, and I don't mean that from the player's perspective, just kind of they better be they better be uh, excited about this, this team. And I think the fans will be pumped up to watch them again. Don't you? I, I just think. Oh, yeah. Will. And the, 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 the win streak gives you a very tangible is, thing yeah. to snap the, the yeah. win. Hey, we can snap a win streak. Right. Like you, you get yeah. that. Yeah. That part of it's pretty easy. All right. So, well, the early kick means an early call for you guys in a 9 a.m. broadcast here on KFH. What can people expect this week in that pregame and any special things in the broadcast as we. Uh, get ready for round two here with the Wildcats on KFH. Well, I'm looking forward to some of Stan's breakdown of this team that, that's probably going to be a lot more in-depth than what we've talked about here. Uh, I, I think I would start certainly with that. Um, I did have a chance to visit with R.J. Garcia this week. Uh, I'm going to feature him as one of our player interviews. I, I think people, as as they get to know him better, 
they're going to find out that this young man and Will Howard are very close. They're roommates. They have a very good <laughs> uh, presence together. Um, I, I think this kid has a chance to have a really good season. So I would highlight that part, too. Uh, that's just a couple of things. Uh, that, that couple of hours flies by. I Ho- hope everybody can, uh, as they're making their way in and or, you know, running around town, hope, hope they're able to listen in. Wyatt Thompson, voice of the K-State Wildcats here. Wyatt, we appreciate it. I can't wait for this one. This is – I've been looking forward to this game because it is sort of a a revenge for Tulane, for Tulane last year factor, yeah. and, and I want to see the Wildcats yeah. get a good test here. Yeah, and I, I think they will. That's well said. I, You know, you, you really want a good test here because next week probably will even be harder. You've got an SEC team on the road. You kicked them around here last year. Um, they're not thinking about that, but but most of the rest of us are, right? So y- you want to lay some good tracks, so to speak, for for this week uh, to get to get uh, cooking for next. All right, Wyatt Thompson joins us. You'll hear the call beginning at nine a.m. Wake up, uh, get the breakfast going. We'll get some Wildcats football at eleven o'clock. Wyatt, good luck this week on the call, and we will talk to you again next week with all the reaction. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. There goes Wyatt Thompson, voice of the K-State Wildcats. Boy, that's uh, it's it's you know it's going to be a good test. I, I'm really excited about that game. You'll hear it here. We'll react to it here. We'll pick it coming up in our next hour when we make our first picks of the season. Uh, let's take a quick break. That's coming up at the top of the second hour. So we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. A little bit more reaction on the Chiefs. Uh, we'll look ahead to all kinds of things this weekend. We'll get a little preview of the high school calendar today as well in the second hour. Lots of stuff still here to come. Let's give away some movie tickets, Jad, on the way out. Uh, we'll do Expendables 4, action movie fans. This is the you know Stallone, Jason Statham group where all the old guys are out there kicking tail. You can get a special advanced screening of Expendables 4 Thursday night at 7. Oh, that's Thursday, September 21st at Boulevard Theaters in Town West. Second caller can get some tickets there, 869-1240. Good luck, everybody. We'll come back. More reaction right after this. All right, Tommy, uh, let's finish the hour here. Congratulations to Mark, by the way, for winning those movie tickets. Thanks to Boulevard Theaters at Town West for providing that. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor here. K-State uh, preview with the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. If you missed that, you can go back and listen to kfhradio.com. Uh, Chiefs, Tommy, you know, we started with the Chiefs. We'll, we'll continue this here a little bit and then some into hour number two. Uh, the decisions late in the game... I thought the fourth down play calls, the 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 calls to go for it, I have absolutely no issue with, including the fourth and twenty. That's a that's a more progressive style that I quite frankly agree with. Um, number number one because David Montgomery looked good and you don't have Chris Jones. I would have gone for it too. Uh, the the play calls on the fourth and shorts, I, I'm not going to criticize Andy Reid, who's really good at that for his play calls. I don't like going backwards when you need to go forward in general terms. But it's hard to sit here and criticize the guy that we call the mastermind and all these things because a couple of things didn't go the right way. But, yeah, I'd like to go forward, not backwards, when I need a yard. Yeah, the Chiefs have a really difficult time on, like, fourth and short situations, even third and short situations. Uh, You know, they they are um, anti-quarterback sneak. that They do not want to put Patrick Mahomes in that situation. That's very, very clear. 
Uh, and you know, they, they, they attempted jet sweeps and things like that, that didn't work to try to convert. I would imagine that this offense feels more comfortable and confident when it's like third and 17 versus third and one. That's just kind of the way that they operate. Um, and so like even early in the game, uh, there was a, a penalty that the Lions accepted, that Dan Campbell accepted, and uh, it basically gave the Chiefs an extra down. And it was a, a, a long distance and the Chiefs were able to convert. I feel at least more confident in them converting something like that than like a fourth and short type situation. Um, I w- there were a couple times that I wondered if the Chiefs missed having Eric Bieniemy there on the sideline as the offensive coordinator. And I don't know. I, I don't exactly know the way that that all plays out. You've got Matt Nagy there as the offensive coordinator. Andy Reid is, you know, of course, go- going to be the mastermind behind all of that. Uh, but there were a couple of play calls that I thought, man, I wonder if it would have been different if Eric Bieniemy was on the sideline. Um, Andy Reid makes those calls. Like, I think that was part of Eric Bieniemy's, you know, issue to get to a head coach anyway is – those are always Andy Reid's calls. So I, you know, Matt Nagy, fine. Like I, but I, I here's what I don't think happens in those situations, Tommy. Andy Reid says, "All right, let's go for it." Matt Nagy, give me a play. No, I don't think that's how it works with the Chiefs. I think he says, "Here's the play we're going to run." Yeah. Right, and and most of the work Matt Nagy does probably comes before the game. But either way, again, these all feel like short-term problems for me. I, I don't have a lot of long-term issues the one thing i'll say long term that i did take away from the game the lions showed me something for sure last night because there were lots of chances that game could have got away from them right when the chiefs until that pick six it looked like the chiefs were about to start piling up some points and everything and they and they they took that and they were still able to make the plays that they needed to make you know, that's a good sign for them, I think, to continue that momentum from last year. So that would be the bigger picture takeaway for me. I don't know. I'm still not fully sold on the Lions. I mean, you know, they scored a touchdown after a fake punt, and then they got a pick six. So 14 of their 21 points sure. came out after a fake punt and then a pick six. That fake punt, that though. was gifted to them. The so, touchdown after I, the fake punt came like 80 yards later on a long drive. It wasn't. I, like, I get it, but they had stalled out completely. I mean, it was going to be it was a three and out right. before that fake punt, and then you know they got some momentum there. I think that they're a fine team. Again, I, I don't think that they're terrible by any means. I just no, don't I, think that they're in, incredible. I I I, I, I no, saw. I don't think they're incredible. I thought they either. were okay last night, but I don't think that they're this you know big time NFC conference contender by any means. That that still has to be proven out. But what I think they they showed is they are changing the DNA of the franchise to a winning respectable team and when we talk about the Lions that's a pretty big achievement because man they've been the opposite of that for pretty much my whole life and and I do think their attitude and their you know grit or whatever silly adjective we want to use it feels like they have that stuff and Jared Goff keeps proving the doubters wrong he's he's looked good enough for a year in a game so uh we'll get more into that in hour number two when we come back we're gonna make some picks we'll look at the college week we'll look at uh, the rest of the nfl week here on sports daily paul savage will join us we'll make those picks we'll talk a little bit about high school football in the next hour and more on the chiefs it's all coming hour number two of sports daily with all brockton caster next we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.